This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. I thank you, Father, for this time. And I ask you, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit just witness to each person here what they need to hear. Thank you, Lord God, for the anointing on your word to break yokes of bondage, to break through our hearts that we can see truth. Thank you, Lord God, for the medicine that's in the word of God, the medicinal quality that hovers over each person. Thank you too, Lord God. And I ask you that healing mercies begin to flow. I ask you for open eyes, hearing ears, and receiving understanding standing hearts in Jesus name. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. He's so good. He's so good. I love this time together. I love to be able to share the scriptures with you. One thing, am I okay? Can you hear me now? Okay. I'm okay. I'm good there. Um, I, one thing I've had in my heart for this session as I've taught healing classes is for us to just really have it impressed and engrafted upon our hearts that God is good, God is merciful, and he's wonderfully kind. And when you have a true, genuine, strong revelation of that, receiving healing or anything else that you need from the Lord, it's not hard to do at all because you know, not that he's just good and kind to someone else, but he will be good and kind to you. I wanna show you, first of all, one scripture that I've always enjoyed so much, just personally, Isaiah 54, 10. And it says this, for the mountains shall depart and the hills will be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, neither will the covenant or the promise of my peace be removed, says the Lord that has mercy on you. I love this. Think about it a little bit. When you see a verse or a scripture, think about it. Mount's big, okay? Hills and mount, they're big. He says, things will happen around you in life. You'll see big things happen, changes. We see it in the world and sometimes it happens very much in life. But he says, my kindness, my promise of peace, my mercy to you will never be removed. He will never remove his kindness, his mercy, or his promise of peace to us. And there's something there that's so reassuring. There's something there that's so relieving to all of us. And that may be the revelation that God wants to get across to you. I will be kind to you. Why is it so important to know strongly in our hearts about the mercy of God because healing is a mercy of God. It's not anything because we do everything so right. It's because God is so right and so good and so kind that even when we've just done it all wrong, he still longs to and wants to heal us and help us. He needs us to cooperate with him and so I want to share with you some things that are going to help you. It's never too hard whatever God asks us to do. 
at all. And I really believe what gets us strong in this area to where we can receive so strong, where you're like, God will be merciful to me. God will be kind to me. He promised peace to me and thousand things around me may move, but that will never change. And I'm so sure of it is you have to get to know him. You have to spend time with him. And the way to get to know him is through the word of God. This is who God is. He is his word. And this is what you can do. It's not too hard to do at all, but you have to get to know him. In John chapter 1, it says this. Chapter 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And in verse 14, the word was made flesh, which was Jesus. He is his word. This is how we get to know how he thinks, how he does things, what he wants for us. And as you begin to continue to read the scriptures, you'll see God is good and he'll be good to me. In fact, the scriptures say he went about, Jesus did on the earth, who represented God. He went about doing good and healing all people that were oppressed of the devil. So we see right and we see clear. I want to be good to you. Many people in the scriptures, when they were asking for healing, they said, would you be merciful to me? And he was merciful. And guess what? When you cry out for mercy, he'll be merciful to you. And when you keep reading it over and over again, it just gets so assured in your heart. Now, when I was seven years old, my mom remarried. She remarried a wonderful man named Del Todd, and he was a policeman and just an honorable, really good man. I'm so thankful for him in my life. I was seven. My sister was a teenager. My sister was not really interested in having a new dad. She's like, I know my birth dad. I'm close there. Mom, sure, you can get married, but I'm going to go teenage years. She wasn't going to even be home very long. So she kind of just connected with him pretty lightly. Nothing unkind, just nothing real close. Me, I thought having a dad was kind of novel. So I thought, I thought my mom married him basically for me. So I was knocking on the door and I'm like, I think I hear someone. I think someone's in the house. And he'd get up in the middle of the night with his flashlight and look all around. Nope, we're fine. Okay. You know, and then I'd go and I'd do the lawn with him and I'm sitting on his lap when he's watching TV and I'm sitting next to him when he's eating. He's probably like, I didn't realize this was part of the package here. You know, I was just kind of always there with him and I got to know him. And I got to know that he was kind and he would always be merciful to me. And Dell really was that way. He helped me do homework when I was into my high school years. He was always really good to me. In fact, I, it's funny, I took speech classes that I did not want to take in the Catholic school. I had to take them and um, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I don't know how to do this at all. And he would sit and he's like, just say it to me. I'll watch you and tell you. So he's the first person that used to watch me speak. <laughs> and he was so good to me. And kind of, but I spent a lot of time with him. 
So I thought of him as a father, and I knew he would be kind to me. My sister was just kind of distant. She was in high school. She knew my real dad, uh, my birth dad more, and so it wasn't until she was much older that she said to Dell, she said, can I call you dad now? I had always called him dad because I spent more time with him. He was the same. He was very kind to her too. He brought his money just into us, whatever we needed. He was kind. I got to tell you, when you get to know God, when you get to know and understand how much he so loved the world that he sent Jesus and you read it over and over and over again, you get to know how good he will be to you. Now in Proverbs 4, it says this. In verse 20, my son or daughter, Attend to my words. I need you to listen to what I'm saying. I need you to listen to my thoughts on something. I need you to listen real carefully. So look over here. I used to say to my kids all the time, look over here, look over here, look here. Attend to my words. Incline, lean in your ears to what I have to say. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart. Why? Why do I have to do that? Because it's life unto those that find them and health or medicine to all your flesh. God's word can bring healing and life to all your flesh, to all of your life. You'll begin to see that he's good and he's God. Interesting too, and I think it's in Psalm 25:10, it says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. If you start getting close to the Lord, you'll go on a path which has mercy on it and truth. That's a good path. God's mercy and truth actually meet together. We'll see that they, they work together. The truth of God's word, the mercy of God. But you, you, you just really want to read and read and read your Bible. Even if you don't understand it, attend to his words. Read something again and again. When the medical world could not, they couldn't, they did everything they could to help me. They didn't have anything else they could do for me. I just took the scriptures and I read the scriptures over and over and over and over and over again until it wasn't just in my head. Something caught hold in my spirit. God's words are life and medicine. The same way you would take a prescription that a doctor would give you, you just trust that what he says, you're going to do it. Something's good in this pill. I have no idea who made the pill. I have no idea what ingredients are in it, but I take his word and I take it. God's words are medicine, good medicine. You don't have to understand it all. Just begin to read it. If you're reading a little bit, read a little bit more. If you're not reading at all, start to read. If you're reading a good bit, read even more. You can't get enough of God's words. You know, when I had uh, COVID hit me and when I had laryngitis, even I, I just, I'll shut off most everything else and just 
read the scriptures. I'll listen to uh, scriptures, healing scriptures, and I'll read the scriptures. And I'm telling you, they are life and they are medicine. And all it does is reassure my heart. You are so good, God. You love me and I love you. And you'll be merciful to me. And you're kind. And what's so sweet to me is not only do I receive physical healing, but God begins to talk to my heart. And some places I'm like, I wasn't even really asking you about that. But he goes there in our life and you want him to talk to you because sometimes we're praying about healing or outward things and God's like, can we take a little bit of a look inward? Can I talk to you about something else that you don't think is related? But this little area, if you'll take care of it, will bring help and healing and relief in another area. So I want to show you to a passage which I just think is interesting. It's the first place where, where God names himself and says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. And it's in Exodus 15. Alan took my passage this week. I was like, hey, wait a second. On Saturday when he, I go over his message and we pray for everybody and we pray, I was like, you have the same passage I do. How could you do that? But I said, okay, you, you go first and then I'll go after you. But we got different things from it. So interesting how God will show different things. And as you read scriptures, God will show you and share with you different things that you need. That's specific to your situation. And sometimes you're like, I can't even explain to you how I got out of that what I did. But I just know that God spoke to you. You read it enough and it gets not only just in your understanding, but it gets in your spirit. And something on the inside of you begins to change. And I like that. Change. Change. All right. So are you ready? Exodus 15. And when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara or bitter. And the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And Moses, he cried unto the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance. And there he proved them. And he said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do what's right in his sight, not in our sight, do what's right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. That's where he says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. Now, before I go back there, I want to clear up this situation or this wording of, I will put none of these diseases upon you. Actually, um, I studied after someone that said the original Greek says, he won't allow. It won't be allowed that diseases will come on you. Notice there's a clause here. God's like, I need you to do it my way. 
I need you to listen to what I have to say. If you'll do it my way, and God's very merciful when we're not perfect and we go, I'm sorry, Lord, would you help me? He's merciful. He's good. He will help us. But if you're trying to go, I'm trying to go by your scriptures and do it your way, he says, then you're not going to allow these, these diseases and things aren't going to be allowed in your life. Interesting. Not that he puts it on there. It's allowed. But look, he's telling us, I need you to do this. The same way a doctor would say, if you do this, you're going to get help. If you don't do it, it's going to be a problem. Now, another thing here, I want to say this just to um, make sure that you understand that point. Sometimes we don't realize we're causing our own problems. It's hard to admit, isn't it, though? You're like, yeah, it's me. It's totally me. That that's that can be a place of healing for you right there. I am really sorry. It's me. I need to stop doing some things, and that would help me. I worked with um, special needs um, children and adults, and when I had worked in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when Alan was going to Bible school, I um, had this one boy named Eddie Green. He was the cutest, sweetest thing. And he was in his 20s, but he was at a very... Um, like a elementary school maybe level and he would he came to my my office my room and he's like oh miss joy my indian doll i love my indian doll and and her head came off and i can't get her head back on and i was like okay eddie well i'll help you get her her head back on so you can have your indian doll it was really hard to get this Indian doll's head. It was just one of those, like, you know, you really had to work it. But I got the, 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 there you go. He's like, thank you so much. The next week, he comes back. Oh, Miss Joy, my Indian doll's head is off. I was like, okay. By about three or four times, I went, Eddie, this head is really hard to get off. I need to ask you a really important question. Okay? He says, okay, Miss Joy. How is her head coming off? He says, I'm pulling it off. I went, <laughs> I said, okay, I, I'm going to tell you something. I said, and I need you to listen to me really careful, Eddie, because I'm going to help you that her head doesn't come off anymore. And he's like, really? I said, really? I said, but you have to listen to me and you have to be willing to do what I'm asking you to do. Don't pull her head off. And I promise you, he went, okay, I won't pull her head off. And you know, he never came back to me again with his Indian. He listened to it. It seems ridiculous, but sometimes the Lord is asking us to do something so little. And if we'll do it, it can stop a negative situation or something in our life that isn't pleasant. And you're like, ah, we can be doing something and doing that little thing can help promote and bring about more healing and God's ability to flow into your life in a greater measure in a way. He's good. Here, he meets a need with a new name. Now, the children of Israel had three days earlier just seen the Red Sea parted, seen their enemies just totally just destroyed and covered over. Three days later, they come up against a bitter situation. God basically says, here's a new 
need, and here's a new name. I'm the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the one who makes bitter experiences sweet. Now, don't you think it's interesting that God establishes himself as a healer with waters that are bitter? We're not seeing a physical body healed. We're seeing bitter waters. We will come up to bitter things in life. I remember specifically when Matt was a toddler and there was nothing in this restaurant. So Alan thought it was kind of funny because we just had water and lemon. He gave Matt a lemon when he was about one and he was like, oh, bitter. We know bitter. And there are bitter experiences in life. And if you're experiencing one, which you probably are, we all have been and the world is, there will be more. But God can meet the need. And he's a healer. The children of Israel, they murmur. They're coming against Moses. They're mad. Do something. We're going to be thirsty. What are we going to do? And they're pointing the finger and they're angry and they're mad. And you don't get answers that way or the bitter waters or the bitter situation gets in you. Don't let the bitter situation, the bitter diagnosis, don't let it get in you. That's not how Moses responds. Moses responds by crying out to God. And he says, God, what do we do? If you will, with your heart, go before God and say, what do I do, Lord? I am asking you for help. He will show you something as you're getting to know him. As you're reading the scriptures, he will show you what verse, what word you need to put into that situation. And it will mean something to you, something of God that you put in the situation that sweetens the waters, that can change um, a whole composition of something. There's a beautiful scripture in Psalm 19:7. It says this, the law of the Lord is perfect. It can convert the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, and it makes wise the simple. The word of God has the ability to convert and change something in you. It can change the composition in our body. Just like how does a tree in the water, Moses just did it. And the bitter waters were made sweet. There are bitter things that happen in life. Ask God. We want to be like Moses. Ask God, what do I do? What do I put into the middle of this? What promise do you have for me? What part of you do I need in this situation to sweeten up my soul, to sweeten up my life, that this bitter experience doesn't define my life, doesn't stop my life? doesn't get in my life either. It's, 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 a, it's something I think we have to be so careful of. It's so easy to allow life. We've all done it. How do you know if bitter waters experiences 
have gotten in you? Well, if we go back and we look at the children of Israel, they come, they're murmuring against, complaining. Haven't we all done that? It's so easy to do. It's just a natural thing. You watch the news and you go, well, why would they? I can't believe they. We have a thousand opinions, don't we? And sometimes we have to be careful that a situation on any front doesn't get in us. We don't give voice to it. We don't give words to it. We're not murmuring against we're going to ask God for help. Murmuring against. Interesting, because Psalm 15, um, 2. In that, in that psalm there, it talks about who's going to abide with the Lord, who's going to dwell with the Lord. And then it says, he that walks uprightly, works righteousness, and speaks or murmurs, that word can mean the truth in his heart. I love that. This is a place that the Lord had talked to me because he needed me to work on my words when I was receiving healing. I didn't think my words were that bad, but they were pretty negative. I allowed a lot of situations to get in my heart and in my mouth. But here it says that your heart is murmuring truth. Now, let me ask you a question. What is your heart murmuring? What are the echoes of your heart? What is the extra sound in your heart? A heart murmur has an extra sound. The heart beats and there's an extra sound there. Let Let me say it like this. What do you say when you get off the phone? What are the murmurs of your heart? Are they against people? Are they mad? Are they angry? The situation may have gotten in you. What do you say behind closed doors? What do you say when you're not in front of your church friends? What do you say to your spouse? Murmurs of your heart. Things stay bitter that way. They don't get better. They get better when we go, Father, forgive me. We've all done that. In fact, in the book of Job, he says, I've complained in the bitterness of my soul. Complaining. We've, it's easy to do. You have to catch yourself. I want to encourage you to begin to practice changing that. Practice not just repeating negative information. Practice not complaining maybe as much as you did. Practice that the murmurs of your heart are truth. Now, this could be a huge area of growth and a huge area with not only do you receive healing, but you keep your healing. You go, you get a diagnosis, something negative happens. You can say a lot. And you go, I believe the Lord is my healer. He meets this new need, new problem, with a new name that is ever present. He is presently and continuously healing me. He sent his word and he heals me. And I thank you, Lord God, that the healing power of God is at work in me and it will bring about a healing and a cure.
and I love your word, and I love who you are, and I'll read your word, and your word is life and medicine to me. And I stay with that. And this is why you need to be reading the scriptures. This is a part we can't do for you. Everybody has to do it themselves. You reading your Bible, you getting to know God for yourselves. And you can do as, you can be as close to him as you want to. So that the murmurs of your heart and your life are truth. They speak of who he is. Yes, it's a problem. Yes, I came upon something that's just really not comfortable at all. But my God is a good God. He said he'd shelter me and I can hide under his wings. And I love him and I trust him. And somehow he'll bring me through. Yes, I may walk through a valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not going to be afraid because he's with me. His rod and his staff will comfort me. I'm coming through it. You see, when you get off the phone, when you walk away from that doctor's appointment, when you close the doors, that's where you win. That's where you win the victory. When God's word is in your mouth in those secret places. And if you found that we all have, I did, the Lord had to talk to me here. I was negative, just had a negative tone, negative taste about an undertone. And the Lord's like, your words, I had to do that. The Lord may go, you need to forgive. Oh, Lord, I need healing. Yeah. Oh, you need to forgive. What, 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 Moses was like a tree. Why a tree in the water? He just did it. Trust him. If you forgive, it could heal you of the deepest sorrow and pain that you've had in your soul to where you will be able to sleep at night. God's like, I need you to let that go. Remember, he said, if you'll do it my way, if you'll listen to me, if you'll let me speak into your life, then some things won't be allowed to come in your life. You close the door on that. And he's able to be the healer he longs to and wants to be to all of us. He's a good God. He's so faithful and kind, but you know, he needs our words. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your mouth, your words have power and we eat the fruit of that. If we've eaten the fruit of death with a diagnosis, we've got to begin to eat the fruit of life by speaking life. We need God's words in our mouth in our heart, because we're reading the scriptures, in our mouth coming out. The devil always wants you to get, get, he always wants to get you to speak his words. I just don't like the thought of being the mouthpiece of the enemy, do you? Oh yeah, you want to say something? I'll say it for you. No, no. But sometimes we don't realize we are. We're repeating things that, you know, and it's like, I'm not going to even go there. It will be like fasting when you start, especially if you're so used to, well, I just say whatever. This is my opinion. This is what I want to say. When you stop doing it, you're going to be like, and and then you pull back. And so, so this is kind of funny. Um, I 
got a book when Matt and Kelly were married, were married called um, Love Dare. That book, you know, it was a marriage book. And they went to Africa, so I thought, well, I'll give it to them or send it later. I'll just read through it, you know. I was married like over 20 years at the time. And, and so I had these little challenges. I thought, how hard could this be? It was ridiculously hard. It was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, how, I, I can't even believe this. And one of the hardest things for me <laughs> was it said, for the whole day, don't say anything negative to your husband. No matter what happens, you cannot say anything negative. I cannot tell you how hard that was for me. I was like, ah. And Alan did everything aggravating that you could possibly do as a husband. And I was like, ah, I can't for a whole day. And then then I thought, I can't wait until this day ends. But it was so hard for me to get the negatives. I'm like, I didn't even realize how negative I was with him giving him negative news, telling him, just wanting to correct, you know, it was like, oh, then it said, you have to do it the second day. I was like, no, (laughs) just one day, right? So it's going to be like a fast, but it will clean and it will heal your life. It will refresh your life. And what you'll do is allow God to be the healer in your life that he longs to be. He wants to refresh us. He wants to sweeten things. He's like, bitter things aren't too hard for him. He's like, I can convert it. My word can actually change the whole composition of a situation and make it sweet. To where you're like, all I can tell you is God's word, I don't even understand exactly the scripture. I kept speaking it. I kept reading it. Read your Bible out loud. I love to do that. Read it out loud. I just put it in and it sweetened everything. Yeah, it happened, but it doesn't hurt me anymore. The symptoms began to leave. The doctor said, I'm okay. He doesn't need to see me for six months. What's happening? God's words, life, and medicine, the middle of your life, it's sweetening things. The Bible talks about the word sweet like honey. Is God's word sweet like honey? It sweetens our whole life. God wants to sweeten your body and what's hurting you there, but he also wants to sweeten you on the inside in your soul. But to, when I talk to you about reading the scriptures, you have to know this about, I think, my life. I grew up, I was one of the first people to get saved in my family. I grew up in a lost family. I remember lost, dark, very dark. I didn't know how to read. I grew up in Catholic schools. You know, my mom had a big Bible. It was decorative. It sat on the coffee table with the furniture that had plastic on it. You know, nobody even went in that room, let alone open the Bible. We didn't read the Bible. It just was there. It sat there. I didn't even know you could read the Bible. When I started reading the Bible years ago, they didn't have all those translations. Was King James. Now I'm so used to it, I can't even get used to the, the uh, easier translations. But find a Bible that, that suits you, that you can read. I'm reading it. I didn't understand it. And then Alan goes to Bible school. I'm like, well, I guess I really. Okay. So I just, he went to Bible school. I was working with the special needs Eddie at that time and a bunch of other um, kids. And I just began reading the Bible. And I didn't understand it. I just knew it was God's words. I began reading it. And over time, reading it over and over and over again, I began to understand it. 
God would just, I couldn't even get it out in English, what he was showing me. I just knew he was telling me and sharing with me of who he is. My stepdad, he loved my sister as much as he loved me. She just didn't have, want to have much to do with him, just at times. I wouldn't leave him alone. So he just was stuck with me. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you could be as close to me as you want to. Nothing stopping you. You can read your Bible, listen to scriptures as much as you want to. That no one can stop you from doing that. This is life. This is medicine. It's so simple. All of us can, and if we do it this way, God says, some things won't be allowed to happen in your life. You will protect your life because you'll know who he is. Not only who he is, he'll tell you to do something and you'll do it. There's directions in the scriptures. Give. Do this. Forgive. And if you'll do it, you want to take the word. Don't just read it and not do it. Start to practice it. Start to practice the scriptures. You won't be perfect at first. And I'm telling you, they're going to leave you. They're going to lead you to a place that you're like, I never thought with what I experienced that God could be so good and restore to me and the end of my life could be so sweet. At the marriage of Cana, the best wine was at the end but not with the losses maybe you're thinking. No, 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 no. If you put God in the middle of anything, he can change like he did in the wedding of Cana. The water was turned to wine. The water, which is described as the word of God, will be converted and changed into what you need, into healing, to where your life is like, go ahead, taste of me. I'm just all sweet. And that's only because of God. Because of who he is, he's so good. And think of it now, the wonderful tree. Moses, what do I do? Learn to, when you feel like you want to complain, when you feel like you're like, talk to God. Talk to him. Father, I need help. Would you help me? And you got to listen to. Listen to him. Talk to me, Lord. I'm reading the scriptures. Tell me what to do. And put that in the middle of the situation. Moses puts a tree in there. But that tree represents too for us the cross. That wonderful tree that Jesus died on for us. He died on that tree for us. All of us were like sheep. All of us went astray. None of us was good. And God laid all of our iniquity, all our sin, all our sickness on him. He bore it for us. Every grief, every sickness, every pain. He took it for us so that we don't have to. And the best thing we could do is receive it so sweetly. Be so thankful for it. And just thank you for that wonderful tree. It says this in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law 
being made a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He hung on the tree for us. He didn't have to, he chose to, because his love for us is that great. And so he's like, take it, partake of who he is and receive the healing and the salvation and the deliverance that comes from that. God is his word. Jesus in the flesh came. The word of God is the promise of God. What happened on that cross was for you and me. Study it. Look at it again and again. Let me see it again. Let me understand and grab a hold of what you did, that you bore my transgressions. We don't do it right. I need you to help me. And the thing that's so wonderful about you is that you will. You're just kind. You're just merciful. It's not because I do it right. It's because you did it right for me. And because you sweetened up earth's needs for, for a savior with the death of the cross, I want to live my life sweet. I want you the mist. And it says, God in Zephaniah, God is mighty to save. In the midst of something, God is mighty to save. And he said, he, he's great and he can bring salvation and healing to you. He can sweeten up any situation. He's God. And then it says he'll sing over us too. I like that thought. He'll rejoice over us. We can rest in his love and he'll even sing over us. That's Zephaniah three seventeen. I love who God is. I love that he cares about us enough to be honest with us and go, I want your body healed, but maybe even something in our soul, something of a bitter situation, circumstance that got in us and it's coming out of us in our words. And God's like, let's change that. Let's get truth coming out of you. Let's get healing and God's words coming out of you. That's how you receive. That's how you keep healing. That's how you live sweet and you live life and life abundantly. Do we always have to keep, you know, track of that? I do. And, and, and then Alan monitors me too. He's like, I don't hear enough healing coming out of you. I don't hear enough. I mean, I, I, he's, but I'm thankful for that. I mean, it's good. He keeps me on, or you shouldn't have said that. I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry. You're, that wasn't the word of God. That wasn't what God would say. What would God say about your situation? What does he have to say? What does he want you to do? What does he want to show you? So I'll end with this one little story about Corey ten Boom. Corrie ten Boom, at the end of World War II, miraculous, miraculously was released from a prison camp called Ravensbrück. I think I may not be saying that exactly right. So she's free now. And the Lord tells her to go back into Germany. And a lot of the female guards were actually in prison from Ravensbrück. So here the tables were turned. She's free. They're not. She felt impressed and was invited to go and minister to them. 
So she's ministering to them, and she's like, it's like talking to a stone wall. No one's interested, hard-hearted. She says they were embittered in their soul because of what happened in the war. We understand that. God understands that too. He, he saw that. They were very embittered. So she asked the superintendent, "How? what is happening here? They, she says, well, they know their Bible. You're just kind of simple for them. You're not theologically like really as intellectual as they are. They just don't view you as someone who can help them. So she went back to her room that night. She had one more session and she went, God, what do I do? Is there a way for me to help them? And the Lord just ministered chocolate. She said, chocolate. She said, do you have chocolate in your luggage? So she had a box of chocolate. Well, in those days, uh, chocolate was rare in Germany. So she brought the bo box of chocolate, and she had a piece to be able to give to everybody. And they all enjoyed the chocolate, and they had the chocolate. And she says, you haven't talked to me about the chocolate. And they said, yeah, we said thank you. She said, no, you didn't tell us, you know, if, how much flour, how much sugar, this and that. You just opened it up and took it. And she said, don't try to analyze everything in the scriptures. Don't try to figure everything out with your head. Read it. Enjoy it. Let God talk to you. And if you got a piece of candy, did you think about everything in it, that, how it was made? Did you have to understand everything about a piece of chocolate? Or did you just take it and enjoy it? Take God's word, begin to read it, begin to speak it, and your life will be so miraculously changed and healed. You'll probably go, well, I didn't think sweet was this sweet. But God is sweet. And I believe he's healing and sweetening up all of our lives. Amen. Father, I thank you for every person here. And I thank you for the sweet of your word, the honey of your word, that you'll speak to each one, Lord God, and something will change in them and be converted. And I thank you for who you are and an understanding of your mercies in a greater measure. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.